Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible in the Gospel of John, right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. And you are eternally connected. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Pastor Eric J. from St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Joined in studio, as always, by Chip Thompson. Hello. Jason Iceman. Hey, guys. Other than uh, following our Lord Jesus Christ, anything exciting going on in your life? Well, I was going to actually hit you with kind of a big question. We you, Every week, if you listen to the show... We open with the, and you are eternally connected. Uh-huh. But it's such a big question. Are you really eternally connected? Well, it, then the intro has done its job. You, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to quickly skip over, right? Because yeah. it, it's, uh, but it, it's probably, you know, maybe the most impactful question. And really, is it a question? Because you're, you're saying you're eternally connected, but, um, you know, are you really eternally connected? You know, it's interesting that you said that because uh, if my math is correct, uh, next week uh, we're going to be starting our third year uh-huh. on this show. And um, looking back three years, um, Pastor and I, we spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out what to call the show uh-huh. and uh, ended up with Eternal Connection uh, because... <laughs> That's what it's all about, is is describing how does that eternal connection happen. And thanks be to God, it's it's him. It's his His work for us. And yeah, and that's part of why why I choose to say in the beginning you are eternally connected. Um, because our tendency is people is to think that we have to do something to be eternally connected. Right. Um, if you're in the word of God, which is what we do on this show, mm-hmm. then you are eternally connected. Um, you know, and it, there's, there's a lot to be said about that, that when you engage the word of God, you are engaging the eternal one as he designed it. I mean, that's what Jesus talks about in John 17 that we're, we're talking about today, right? That he's given them the words of God, Jesus speaking to his disciples and, uh, that because of that, they have, they have seen his glory, right? That they, they are taken out of the world because of their faith in the words of Christ. And so, Every time the word of God is proclaimed, every time the word of God is heard, it is having an eternal impact on the hearer, one way or another. And the prayer is, it's going God's way, (laughs) and not the opposite direction. So, yeah, you are eternally connected. And as such, we are going to finish John 17 today. Amen. I can say that (laughs) confidently, because we only have five verses to get through. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Well, we've made it. 
uh, far less in a show. So we have, but we're not trying to set any records today. Yeah. So uh, open your Bibles to John 17, and we're going to pick it up in verse 22 after we recap a little bit as Jesus brings his high priestly prayer to a close before he begins his journey to the cross. Chip, why don't you pray for us? Okay. Righteous Father, you sent your beloved son Jesus to endure the cross for us, and through his obedience to be glorified by you and to mercifully give your glory to all of us who would hear and believe what you had to say. Lord, as we listen to your life-giving word today, we pray that you would bring us to the end of ourselves Grant us the gift of repentant hearts and help us to follow Jesus, our great shepherd, who even now prays for us that we might live with he and you forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So as I mentioned, Jesus is bringing his high priestly prayer to a close. Um, as we talked about when we got into this, it is called the high priestly prayer because Jesus is interceding for his disciples and for the whole world, um, particularly um, beginning back in verse 20, Jesus is now praying for those that would come to believe in him through the word preached and proclaimed by the disciples, a word given to them from Jesus, who is the word of God in the flesh, a word that he brought from God himself. And it is because they have believed that word about Jesus, uh, that Jesus says, we are children of heaven. But yet, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, Jesus still prays that uh, God would not take his disciples out of the world, right? Uh, because it would be through their witness that Christ would continue his work through those 12 uh, apostles and disciples. Apostles just meaning sent ones is what the word literally means. So through these 12 he's sending into the world, uh, he would continue his ministry. So after praying for his disciples from verse 1 through 19, he prays for those that would believe, as I said, and he prays that they would believe for a very express purpose. He said, I don't ask for these only, meaning the 12 disciples, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, Father, just as you, Father, are in me, I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. So the question is, how, how do I see Jesus today, right? How do I know who he is? Not see him with my eyes. How do I experience Christ? Well, Contrary to the American way, the independent way, the me and Jesus only way, that this is my Jesus and you have your Jesus, um, Jesus himself says the world's going to know that God sent me by your unity together. And let's be clear, what's the unity he's talking about here? Well, you know, off the cuff it sounds like people coming together but it could also mean unity together with god and jesus would say those are one and the same right that he he, he prays that they will be one just as he and the father are one and that we would be brought into that but what is it we're supposed to be unified in i mean do we all have to be friends we all i, I mean you can look at completely secular groups that have a lot of unity Sure. So are they testifying to 
Jesus as the Son of God? Well, I would say that the unity that he's talking about here is in the truth. Yes. Uh, a, a, a belief in the truth. And he, he said what the truth was. It, God's word, your word is truth. And the, the word of God uh, here in the flesh talking about the truth of the word of God, he is the truth. Absolutely, yeah. Going back to our conversation before we got into the word about our the title of our show, right? Eternally connected. How are you eternally connected uh, through Christ Himself, who is the Word of God, and that's what Jesus said right at the beginning of His prayer. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So the unity Jesus is talking about is a unity of faith in Him. And not just generally speaking, right? The Buddhists will say that Jesus was of God. Muslims will say he is of God. No, he is God. Right. And, and unity in faith in what he has said. Not necessarily a unity in practice. Not necessarily a unity in form but a unity in confession. I mean, we're not in Matthew, but that's what Jesus told Peter. Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And they gave all these things. And he says, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said to Jesus, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you're blessed, Peter, because you didn't figure that out on your own. God himself revealed that to you. And it's on that confession that I'm going to build my church. So the church is unified by the confession of Christ, and specifically Christ as God. And that unity of the church is what connects us as Christians together uh-huh. uh, with one another and with God himself. And that just brought to mind, um, I don't remember exactly where this is, uh, but it talks about how uh, uh, Christ he not only made all things, but he keeps all things together. Yeah, Colossians. Yeah, and it's he's the the glue, if you will, that that uh, connects all of us together as as the body of Christ. Right. That uh, and he's the head. Yep. Uh, so that's an awesome picture. Yeah. So in that unity, the world will know that Jesus has been sent by God. Then he goes on in verse 22, the glory that you have given me, again, Jesus speaking to his father, the glory you have given me, I have given to them. Before we go on, what what is that glory? The glory you have given me. Well, we'd have to define the glory that God gave him, uh-huh. uh, and that glory manifests itself on the cross, right? Where he sacrificed himself to serve humanity in order to save them. Yeah, Jesus already kind of defines this, right? Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Well, what's the hour he's talking about? Crucifixion. The hour of crucifixion. Mm-hmm. He has given them the glory that God has given to him the glory of self-sacrifice, the glory of serving God faithfully even unto death, given to us. See, that's the, 
That's a critical part about this. It's a free gift that comes through Christ's crucifixion. It's, it's not a glory we can attain. It's not a, a glory that's an achievement by us. It's a, it's a glory that, first of all, belongs to Christ and that he gives to us through his own broken body and blood. You know, I was studying this verse uh, quite a bit uh, before our show. Well, did I get it right so far? What? <laughs> yeah, I, it's not my, mine Just to kidding. say. But, I didn't know there was a test. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I wondered if there wasn't an aspect of this. How I originally read it uh, until I read the commentaries about the, the, the being the servant. Uh-huh. Um, the other glory that you could talk about with Christ is the fact that He's perfect. He's it's His. He's righteous. He's the only holy one, and He gives us that righteousness. Right through paying for our sins. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, first we have to our debt has to be paid before we can ever have wealth. Right. So He goes to the cross, pays for that debt, and more than that, gives us His own righteousness. Right. Credits us with His perfect life lived, and. It's not, we say, through the cross, but again, let's point out, Jesus is already talking in the past tense. I feel like a really big question that might take us off course, but so Jesus going the hour of crucifixion, yep. he knows what's to come, uh-huh. um, but at this point in time, we're in 22, 23, the disciples don't know what's to come. I mean, they've been told, but... They know that Jesus is being betrayed, something about going to Jerusalem, suffering at the hands of the chief priests. Even though he's told them three or four times, they, they never seem to hear the whole die and rise again part. Right. So, yeah. no, they haven't made that full connection. And I may not be making the full connection because with as, a, you know, miraculous of a, a period in time this is, why... Did Jesus have to die in such a horrible way, you know, and not maybe such a an honorable or celebratory way? Why, through betrayal and, um, you know, being, uh, what's the word, crucified? Yeah. Um, what I don't I don't understand why it couldn't have been a, a glorious thing. I mean, it was a glorious thing, right? But why not? Much more of a celebration type of event. Yeah, John answered for that uh, that for us in the prologue. Why did it have to be so brutal? Yeah. Why did it have to go this way? John says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. This is chapter 1, verse 9. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. It should have celebrated. It should have. Yes, that, that's what should have happened. Because the one who made us came to us, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And before that, John said in verse 4, In him was life. The life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So why did it go that way? Because a perfect holy God came into the midst of a wicked, sinful humanity. And when he cast his light on our darkness, that's, that's what we do.
going back to Jesus talking in the past tense about his moment of glory, I have given them the glory you have given me. Well, he hasn't gone to the cross yet, but he has told them he will. Jesus keeps talking about what he's going to do in the past tense before he does it because the way that glory is given to us is through his word. So it's not just looking to Jesus. It's not just looking at a man on a cross being beaten beyond human recognition. It's looking to that man on a cross and believing what he said about who he was, believing what God has told us about him. That is how his glory becomes our glory, is through faith in what he has said. That's why Jesus says, I've already given it to them. These ones here, and he's talking Again, he's talking past, present, future. In this particular text, after verse 20, he's talking about those that will come to believe through the apostles' words. So the power of the passage is you listening to this have Christ's glory. You hearing the words given to you from Christ through his apostles, believing those words. Right? I can't see Jesus hanging on the cross, but even if I did and didn't believe the words, it wouldn't matter. The words are what matter. You said, looking at our world today, we still don't know what sin is. Well, yeah, we've also stopped reading the Word of God. We've reduced it down to uh, three-sentence devotionals. Right. We've reduced it down to, I'm just going to pop my earbuds in, and I'm going to do ten other different things while I, quote-unquote, hear the Word of God. And I, I'm sorry if this offends Christians. Uh, no, you're not, you're not called to hear the word of God. You're called to know it. You're called to live in it. You're called to abide in it. That's what Jesus said. If you're my disciple, you will abide in my word. And, and we have reduced it down to a self-help book uh, and, and chicken soup for the Christian soul. No, no. The Bible is the glory of God himself, the power of God to save your soul, and, and it should be the center of your life. Otherwise, how can you tell me you believe that this is God's very word given to you and that, as Paul says in Romans 1, the gospel is the power of salvation? Well, and to bring that back to the verse that we just read about unity, you know, that's, he, he talked about, so that the world may believe that you sent me. If you're not abiding in the word, then the world's not going to see Jesus. No, no, they're just going to see a bunch of people who are in a club together. Right. Right? And, and the unity we have is something bigger than friendship. Right? It's, it's something bigger than just having things in common. It's a unity of sacrifice. It's a unity of selflessness. It's a unity of living for someone bigger than yourself. Which is God. Yeah, and his church. How do you know? that you'll sacrifice for the one you call Savior, sacrifice for the ones he saved. That's what he told Peter. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Well, then feed my sheep. If you're not willing to sacrifice for the church that Ephesians 5 said God died for, then why, why do you think that you would sacrifice for him? Especially when he says right here, this is how you're going to worship me. You're going to love one another. You're going to make these people that I've called out of the world the center. And when you go to Acts, right after Pentecost, when the church is exploding, 
That's what you read. They gathered together every day around the word, around the, the prayers. They broke bread together. This wasn't part of their life, which is how we view Christianity today. Yeah, it's compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. No, this, this was life. When I say I live in the church, I'm not just talking about the building. Yeah, we're there all the time, but, but the church, that's life. Kind of like making the, the world as in the building and church is what you're saying. Instead of just going to a building, everything in life. Well, certainly, yeah, you can, you can sanctify secular places by bringing your faith into it, right? By bringing the word of God into it. But that's not a replacement for the fellowship Jesus is clearly talking about here. And you don't have fellowship an hour a week. Right, so I'm saying we need more of it in the world. Yeah, you need more of it in your daily life. The right. people you go to church with, you know, I mean, this is what small groups are supposed to do. This is what men and women's Bible studies are supposed to do. Uh, it, it's it's living with the people that you're going to spend eternity with, right? And and for no other reason than, as the disciples are going to soon learn, my my faith is not as strong as I like to think it is. Right. Right. I I need I need that refuge of the church. I need the teachings. I need to. I need to be accountable. Jesus is going to tell his disciples when he's in the garden, sweating blood, watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. And they can't even stay awake. God has given us the gift of his disciples, his fellow people, his called out ones. That's what it's here for. So, 24, verse 24. Father, I desire that they also... Now, who's the they? Apostles. Nope. The Every, ones. Everyone that would come to believe because of the apostles yep. sharing the word. Us. Us. Okay. That they also, whom you have given me. Oh, oh, that's the... There it is. That's the sigh of relief, right? You read about Jesus being given these 12 apostles. How special are they? How great are they? And then Jesus says the same thing about you and me who have believed in him through their word. That God has given us, Jesus has given us to God through this word that they may be with me where I am. Now, brothers and sisters, you got, <laughs> this is your Lord praying for you 2,000 years before you were born asking his father, I want to take you with me. God, I want Chip to be with me. I want Jason to be with me. I want Pastor Jay to be with me. I want everybody listening to be with me. And even if you look at that in life today, it resonates with, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, you want nothing more than to be with your dad. Yeah. This is why Jesus says it's the faith of a child. It's almost like it was built into us. Well, uh, there you go. We got, <laughs> he made us. That's right. Yeah. To see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. How is it so hard to miss something that's built into you though? Well, you don't miss it. You stifle it. Romans would say we, we suppress the truth. Yeah. Our sin, because we're sin, we're sinners. 
Yeah, and you're not gonna you're not gonna see the glory of Christ while you're still occupied searching for your own. And you, and and Christ's message is you don't you don't have any on your own, and we know that we just don't like it. Right. One of the one of the greatest um, myths that, particularly in American culture, uh, is you know we're I'm, I'm all right. I'm I'm. You know, I'm not as bad as people Bible are think. Basically, good. Yeah, that's exactly. what I, it turns my stomach yeah. every time I hear it. I believe humanity is generally good, but that's what we know should be. That in and of itself, even though it's very frustrating, that's the testimony. No, that's yeah, that's the way it should be, but it's not. So, what good news it is? That the glory we're searching for has come to us and is freely given to us. That that we can know we're God's, not because of anything I've done, but because of what Christ was going to do and has done for his disciples and all who believe through their message. That he actually desires us to be with him. Then he prays in verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. Again, repeating that, this is what makes them different. This is what makes them yours. This is what makes them mine. And he refers to them as these. Yeah, because he was talking about the disciples. Now he's talking not only about them, but those who will believe in their message. These. He's grouping them together. Yep. Us. Believers. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. Okay. If the glory that he's going to is death on a cross, and he's going to be buried and rise and then go back to heaven, how is he going to continue to make the name of the Father known? Well, from what I know today is the apostles, the disciples, you know, he, he as in God, Jesus had a grander plan for them to carry the word and, uh, and, and, and then write it, put it out here for us forever. Yeah. Jesus is going to continue his work sharing the glory of God through them, through you, through me. The love with which you have loved me, Jesus said, would be in them, and I in them. I think I said at the beginning of the show, you have anything exciting going on other than following Jesus? You want meaning, you want purpose in your life, you want to know what you're here for, you don't have to search. It's right here. Christ desires that you would be an active participant with him in literally saving the world. We have the invitation from our Lord to participate in something that that is eternally beyond what we could ever ask for or comprehend. Simply by being in his word and sharing it. 
We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.